Hey, one quick thing before we get started. I just want to remind you that this podcast is for information, education, and entertainment. It is not a substitute for therapy or therapeutic intervention. If you find yourself in crisis, please visit your local emergency room or contact a crisis hotline. everyone, it's LaShonda from Labors of Love, and you are listening to the Labors of Love podcast. Today, I'm going to be having a conversation with the founder of Coco's Love, which is an all-natural skincare line, talking with Cindy Weathers-Smith. Hi, Cindy. How are you? How are you, LaShonda? I'm doing great today. I'm so happy to be here. Wonderful. Glad you can join us. So I'm going to start with you like I do all my guests and ask, what is your labor of love? My labor of love? is taking a nice long bath and listening to anyone else and their situation. And if I feel that a bath is needed, I will make them a special nice self-care baggie with a lot of nice juices and berries so that they can take home and take a nice bath. Awesome. So the idea of um, bath. I, I have a lot of thoughts around like how baths are used, but for you, um, where did use of bath and this labor of love and passion, where did that start for you? Well, as a um, natural skincare formulator, I like to use a lot of natural ingredients and herbs. And um, prior to that, I always enjoyed taking a bath um, up until I had kids. Then I lost the time to sit down and take a bath. But then um, with everything going on and then the pandemic, that aha moment came on to remind me to go back to what worked, which was a bath. And being that I had all these different ingredients, I just decided to put them in like a nice sachet and put it in the tub and let it um, let all the herbs soak like a nice bath tea with um, different salts, Epsom salt, pink Himalayan salt, and it does wonders. It's a great detox. It's a great de-stress, aches, muscles, mind, body. It's a full package deal. And so, thank you. Um, many of us, I'll speak for myself and like I'll say many people that I know, um, mainly because, you know, I'll, I'll be a self-admitted urban dweller, um, you know, don't have a lot of, I don't want to say access, but it's experience with natural herbs and things. And I know that many of our ancestors and our foremothers and forefathers um, really utilized herbs and natural things for self-care is is what they had access to. What's your lineage of being able to kind of put these things together, develop these formulas, and and what was your experience with that maybe earlier in your life? I would say lots of research. 
Um, it really started truthfully with my daughter. When I had my daughter, she's six years old now. But um, from the time she was born at about three months, her skin became really dry and it's summertime, you know. In the summertime, we don't really put much on our skin because we're gonna get hot and sweaty. And mm -mm. I couldn't do that with my daughter at three months. In this middle of the summer, her skin was ashy. <laughs> and um, none of the uh, the commercial brands, baby brands that we all know of, they had stopped working. So I literally had to go to the drawing board and do research to find something that I could use for her skin. So which um, allowed me to make my own concoction, not even real, not even thinking about a business or anything. It was just a concoction that I would put on her skin. And um, I would also put it on her hair. Uh, it became a household staple. Eventually, I ran out, I would make more. Um, I even would melt it and use it as a hair hot oil treatment at times. Uh, needless to say, now that's shake that now it's called shaceational butter. But at that time, it was never a product that was supposed to be put on the market. Um, and I can say to date, now that my daughter is six years old, there I haven't found anything that her skin would that her skin can tolerate. As a mom, sorry to say, I've guinea-picked her lots of times just to see what would happen. Always. The minute I stopped putting it on her skin, she would start to get those little small bumps. And then she'll get irritated and just the whole. So I would definitely say my daughter was, was what who really got me interested in really taking it seriously. And then through that, that's when I began to realize, you know, we are out here trying to be commercialized and use the latest whatever, when what we really need to do is go back to our roots. All of these wholesome natural chemicals and plants and trees are in the motherland. And that's a lot of times we forget that. And that's what really works for our skin. Thank you. And so I appreciate that because sometimes I think, you know, people will think that uh, these things were maybe passed down recipes and formulas passed down from generations. But, you know, oftentimes uh, necessity is what brings us into a new path. And so when we or someone we love, in your case, your daughter um, has a need that is not being fulfilled elsewhere, we move into a space that ignites our creativity, but also, yeah. you know, in our, in our ability now and accessibility to, to research things, find out what works. And so I, I very much appreciate that. And so how, um, how has the use of these products within your home, you said they became a household staple, um, how did that impact your desire to create this on a more wide scale to be able to provide this for other people? <laughs> That's a funny question <laughs> because as I mentioned, this was never intended to be as a business. Um, one day I had decided to gift my products to someone. Um, this is a woman 
who's always been so awesome to me and my children. And she has everything. What do you get someone that has everything? You give them something handmade. So I gave her a satiational butter and I also make soaps. My The next thing my that my daughter's skin would only tolerate would be a shea butter based soap that I would make with oatmeal and lavender. So I gave her those two items. Well, I, yeah, it was a couple of them, but I gave them to her as a birthday present. And a few days later, I was signed up for my first flea market. I had no packaging and I didn't even have a name. <laughs> just like that, I had to pull it together and I just rose to the occasion. And um, at the time, I didn't realize how much of a crafter I really was because I had a lot of things that I can use for packaging, like different scrap paper and um, the craft paper, because it was handmade, I liked the idea of using like the craft paper labels and things like that. The only thing I really needed to buy was the actual containers. It was just, it's weird how you, sometimes you're looking for something and you can't find it and it's right there in front of you and right there within yourself. But boy, that was a blessing in disguise to be put up to do a flea market when I wasn't even thinking about selling my products. So was it the friend that you gave the stuff to that signed you up for the flea market? Yes. Gotcha. <laughs> so, you know, I, I do think that whether someone takes an assertive initiative and signs you up for something or whether they are just like, hey, you need to do this. I think that oftentimes people who are close to us, who know us well and that we trust want the best for us, they can sometimes see in us things we can't see within ourselves. And I, I come back to this podcast. Um, this was not my idea <laughs> at all. And, you know, when I think about um, my good friend, Vicky, um, and a few other people who really were like, you really need to start a podcast. And, you know, I, I will be honest, even to this day, I don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> so I was like, I don't even listen to podcasts. How am I going to have a podcast? But I appreciate that there were people who saw things in me that I didn't even recognize for myself and kind of really encouraged me and gave me that nudge I needed to say, hey, I, I really, really think you should do this, you know? And so it sounds like this friend saw something in you and recognized something in your product that even you didn't recognize. So how, how did that first flea market go? It was awesome. It was, it went very well. Um, I can actually say I started my business with about $50. Mm. So it went really, really well. And it was so weird because she had known me for so long, but had no idea that I was making products at home for my family. So that was the next thing that blew her away. Like, I speak to you very often and never have I ever mentioned anything. She always asks about my children. I never said, oh, she's having problems with her skin or so it was kind of weird. Like it's like a, a secret, but it wasn't really a secret because I never really thought anything of it. But I would definitely say to anyone, share your gifts, share your talent. It may not be much to you, but trust me, for someone else, you will be surprised 
how you can influence or change someone's life or perspective. I agree with that so much. And I would even go as far as to say, some of us are operating in gifts and talents and we don't think that we are. We just think that's, that's, it's just us. And so sometimes we don't share information because we don't think it's share worthy. We're like, oh, this is just a thing I do, or this is just something that I have. And so when we share of ourselves, just share of yourselves, period. Um, all of a sudden people can begin to recognize things that you are taking for granted, something that you don't think um, is really a thing. You know, so many people default to that's just who I am, or that's just the thing that I do. And embedded in that other people are like, oh my goodness, that's amazing. Um, and I think that's, that's true across the board, just for people, we'd be amazed when we share. But those of us who have a business are interested in starting a business, word of mouth and letting people know what you do is one of the most effective strategies for building your business. So, you know, I know that there are people, and I will also say that there are a lot of um resources out there that I am just not interested in. <laughs> so I was, I saw this little thing, you know, someone's like, you know, I help people get this many followers and you just got to do this. Or when I started my TikTok, you know, there, there are suggestions that if you really want to grow your TikTok, you need to post five to seven, five to 10 times a day. I'm like, ain't nobody about to be, listen, I, okay. So, but what I realized is I'm okay with the way my business grows and how that is, is I just talk to people. And to be honest, I sometimes don't do a very good job at that. So I, this was a good reminder for me because they're, first of all, there are clients I've been working with for a long time who don't know I have a podcast. Isn't that ridiculous? There are people who I've known and they're like, what, you got a podcast? And I'm like, oh yeah. So it's not that, um, you know, I'm intentionally withholding it. No, I think it's great stuff on here. But sometimes when we just do all the things, mm-hmm. we, we're not, you know, we're not thinking about actually telling people. On the other side of that too, I think some people don't want to feel braggadocious or they don't want to feel like they're being arrogant. And I really do think that sharing about things that are happening in your life don't have to fall in that category unless your intent is to go one up on someone or make someone feel less than and many of us that's not that's not our intent so I really appreciate that Cindy like when we share of ourselves you know rather that sharing a physical thing and saying hey look at this or gifting someone something or really just talking about what we're doing it can really help people understand what's going on and then we have this support and encouragement so what happened after that first uh, flea market. How did you explore and expand your business from there? Well, this was pre-pandemic. So um, I went to that same flea market a few times after. And um, word of mouth, that's when the friends and family kick in. And um, those were my customers, guinea pigs, so to speak. And um, it just went from there, friends, family, church members, and um, those people would tell me about other events that I could possibly um, participate in. And that's what really, um, that's what really got me started. 
And then eventually I um I I joined on to Etsy. Cause that's the next best thing if you're doing, if you're making handmade products and before you just build a website on your own and then you don't really have the traffic to get there. It was Etsy and friends and family, word of mouth, and just going to any um any events that I thought were um aligned with what I was doing or that I thought would be a good fit. Cause sometimes every opportunity isn't isn't where we need to be. Sometimes we just have to listen to our gut and our instinct and just go where we think we can be of better service or to other people and the people that are around us. And so when, you know, I'm always intrigued by um, flea markets and um, like farmers markets, you know, these, these places where there's a lot of people who have things that they are wanting to sell. And do you find that it's just people who get curious and like, oh, let's just go to this thing. What, what was your pitch or who did you find was more attracted to your product and gravitating towards you? Do you feel like you had to sell it a lot or were people kind of coming to you? How did that work for you? Um, that's the thing. A lot of times when I do events, I might, I might do my homework on the people that actually host the events or even go to their other events to see how it's set up. Cause I've took a peek at some events and it was just like a, a party jam packed. And it was just people that knew each other, but they weren't really selling anything, but they were people there selling stuff. But it was just like, you, this is, that's not the environment where I want to present. Um, a lot of times it is, there it are there are markets you could you know chop that up but a lot of times there are markets out there where they cater to people who are willing to share their gifts with handmade products and wholesome products and those are mainly the events that where I can find the customers that are looking for me and so what is the, talk a little bit more, if you would, about the actual products, how they're used and, and the feedback that you're getting from people. Obviously, this started because your daughter's skin responded very well to the products and was not responding well to others. Um, what are some of the products? How are they used? And what's the feedback you've been getting about them? Okay. Um, after the satiational butter for my daughter, um, I began to look at other ways to use the shea butter because that was the first ingredient I played around with. And um, that's when I discovered you can actually whip it and make it nice and fluffy, like whipped cream, almost good enough to eat. Um, that became the number one product because it was light, it was fluffy, um, it wasn't greasy, but it was still moisturizing. And with the essential oils that we use, because I intentionally, um, most of the scents for my products, I make my own proprietary blend. So I'll take different essential oils and I'll mix them to get a specific scent. Um, 
Example, our lavender. Our lavender is called a lavender blend because it's mixed with other oils, but it still brings out the lavender and it's one of our most popular scents. Um, some of the other products that we also have, we have a cleansing mask, a botanical cleansing mask. It's made with um, chamomile powder, rosehip powder, and clearling clay and mix it with water. That's the most simplest way you can use it. You mix it with water and you can make it a paste and you apply it onto your face. Now, if you really want some extra loving care, instead of mixing it with water, you can try honey. You can mix it with plain yogurt. You can even mix it with rose water or, or any type of flower water that you have. And any of those other um, factors will also work great and even enhance the products and give you specific um, specific things that you want to work on with your skin. Like honey will give you an extra gives you an extra glow. So I think that's really cool. Um, we also have a face serum. The star ingredient is red raspberry seed oil. Most people don't know about it, but it is heaven sent. It's great for all skin types, sun damage, dark spots, um, problematic skin conditions like eczema. And what I like great about it is that it promotes healthy skin. Um, it even helps with the, you know, we get that sun damage because once upon a time they didn't tell us we needed sunscreen. But if you put it on every day, I guarantee you, you will see the reverse effect that it does to your skin. Um, it's great for someone who doesn't like to wear makeup. It's fabulous for someone who likes to wear makeup if you put it on over your makeup. Um, you can even use it as a makeup remover. But what I like best about the raspberry seed oil is that it does have some sunscreen properties in it. Now, it can't be worn as sunscreen, but if you wear it underneath your sunscreen, you still get the extra added benefit and the added protection that you'll need. We have, we have some amazing sugar scrubs. Our sugar scrubs are made with um, strawberries, pears, rose petals, pink Himalayan salt. Um, we have a lot of varieties of sugar scrub. And um, just recently, I finally got it right, but now we have a body wash. So the body wash is really cool. And we've also added um, mango butter. We've also added mango butter into our collection. So we have definitely um, venturing out, trying new things, and just trying to figure out what it is that we need and to try to make it clean because um, our skin is our largest organ. And I was shocked to find out that 60% of what we put on our skin goes into our bloodstream. 60% is a lot. So I definitely try to be very conscious about the ingredients and the formulations when I am 
making products, making new products, or making trying to make the old ones even better. But the other factor, the other number that really um, is hair raising when I read it is that one third, one third, only one third, I should say, only one third of products that are marketed to women of color are non-toxic. Only one third. And I don't think I need to remind you that we are the biggest spenders when it comes to personal care, skin care, and hair care products. But we have the, the least amount of activity when it comes to marketing for healthy skincare products. So that's pretty daunting. And the best advice I would give is to read the labels. You have to read the labels. And sometimes it's even more than that. It's not surprising though, um, <clears throat> excuse me, yeah, to that point. And a lot of things I think came up as you were kind of talking about the various products. Um, thank you for sharing that. And and I think what I, what I took away from, as you were kind of telling us about your products is the variety of use and all the things that like, I'm sure many women, particularly women of, women of color have in their, bathrooms, in their closets, and, you know, under their sinks. And when I think about um, the statistics you gave, it, it strikes me that um, what I've been sitting with lately is in order for, you know, colonization and all of these systems to actually work, there had to be an intentional um, separation between us as humans and earth and all of her provision and beauty that she provides. And ultimately what I find along my healing journey as I connect with other people who are healing and other people who are doing work um, to be, um, to, to decondition themselves from the things we're conditioned in, ultimately we all come back to wanting to reconnect with earth, her beauty, her provision, her resilience and sustainability. And that ultimately brings us back to everything we need, we have access to. We've just been conditioned away from those things. And so when I hear raspberry seed oil, you know, red raspberry seed oil, I'm like, we're like, you know, like, hey, that, that feels accessible. But as long as capitalism creates this thing that says only we can do it, only we have it, only we can supply it, then it keeps us going towards that. But when we just stop and recognize that there is so much natural things around. Now, I want to be clear, I have no, no intention or desire to play chemist. I don't want to figure it out. I don't want to play with it. I don't, I don't want to mix it together. I, I, I don't want to do that. But I love that there are people like you who are, who use their gifts and their talent to put these things together. Um, and then I think the other thing um, is, and we can talk about this and then I'll share mine after you share yours, but what, when you were growing up, um, what were you taught about your skin, your hair, how to take care of like your physical body from like a skin care, hair care perspective? What were some of the things you were taught? Well, I might be telling my age with this one. 
I was told Noxzema and Ambi skin tone. Remember Ambi? <laughs> I do. That's that's what I was told. Ambi skin tone and Noxzema and um, cocoa butter. Cocoa butter. Those and are the three that, things. Was that like a daily routine? Was it impressed upon you? Did you find that people were like, making sure that you did that? What did you see other people around you doing? It was just really the household products. It was what was there that you had to use. <laughs> I didn't really use the Ambi as much. I've always been dark-skinned, but I was always told that I had a pretty complexion. I didn't use the Ambi as much, but I always used the cocoa butter. And I love to use the Noxzema as a good cleanser because that cooling, tingling effect that it gave you so those are those are my two go-tos, cocoa butter and Noxzema. As soon as you said Noxzema, I could smell it. Here's the thing. Like <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't use Noxzema, but one of my best friends did. And you, as soon as you said the word, her face popped up and I could literally smell <laughs> the Noxzema, right? <laughs> so that's, that's funny. And I ask that because, you know, and I think uh, those who listen to the podcast often, I, I definitely know when I um, was talking with Brittany Hair Kitchen Gray about hair care, this skincare falls under that. I didn't grow up receiving explicit messages about how to care for those things. So when it came to my hair, before I started school, so think five-year-old little girl, it was go get a perm. And then you get those touch-ups all the time. And when it came to skincare, there were no, I mean, wash your face. I was definitely told to wash your face. Um, but there were really no, there was no guidance. And I, I don't know that, you know, my mother had a lot of guidance around how to care for her skin. We definitely use lotion, but I don't, it, it, I don't know if this will make sense, but I feel like lotion use was more about not being ashy than it was moisturizing your skin, right? So I acknowledge yeah. that like lotion moisturizes your skin, therefore you're not ashy, but I don't think that the people I grew up around really valued or understood moisturized skin, it was avoiding the appearance of ash, right? Which that is for, correct. Yeah, right? Which for a lot of us growing up or even go well before we were growing up, because of the texture of our skin, because it needs more moisturizing, when we would get ashy, that would be perceived as dirty especially to non-melanated people. And so I recognize that this lineage of use lotion was avoid the appearance of dirty, avoid ashiness, um, but not moisturize and care for your skin. We're made of water because no one really emphasized hydration. Hydration is no. one of the best ways to moisturize our bodies, right? Mm -hmm. Is to keep that in there. And so I didn't have that routine when it was my mother-in-law, when I was well into my thirties, who asked me about sunscreen and I'm like, what? <laughs> huh? <laughs> like, no, right. There, there are these things in this like slightly off subject, but it reminds me of my son was in kindergarten and we got like, he got lice. And I remember getting the call and going, I'm sorry, this is so-and-so's mom. Like he's black. 
it was very much like um i was definitely told we can't get lice are you sure it's my child and it was this experience of like wait a minute what like i all these things that i was told we we had to do or we couldn't get and and we didn't need to no one told me in over 30 years of life that like sunscreen that we needed sunscreen yes. right so i just recognize that we don't know what we don't know. And I don't fault my caregivers and people I was around because if they didn't know it either, they didn't know to give it to me. But I really can appreciate that a holistic understanding of caring for self and our skin, I love it. Our skin is our largest organ, right? And if we're not, it, it, it is the, the loving barrier that protects all that is internal. You know, when I think about the role of the skin and, you know, it is the thing that covers, covers our, our tissues and our organs and, and all of these things, why would we not care for that? So I, I appreciate the, the love and um, intentionality that you put into creating products that if 60% of what I put on my skin is going to be absorbed into my bloodstream, my goodness, I want to make sure that the things that are being absorbed are things that are going to help my body be strong and not, you know, take away from that. I also realized that once I did begin a skincare routine, um, that the skincare routine is more than just the face. <laughs> so can you talk about that a little? Because I feel like when people are talking like, my skincare, they, they're focusing on just oh, their face and the full body. And um, I say that to say a lot of the times we may not be feeling well, or we might feel a little off balance or off track and, or we might have symptoms, um, underlying issues without no explanation and so what do you do you go to the doctor you do blood work you do all these tests the doctor says oh i didn't find anything wrong whatever whatever what are you eating are you exercising what doctor is going to say what are you putting on your skin mm -hmm. so you really have to be conscious because it all it all goes together to promote our overall health. And a lot of times we may not even realize that it could be one of the biggest effects to our to ourselves as a whole and not even realizing what could be going on. Sometimes we have um, infertility issues. It could be in the products that you're putting on your skin because they are changing your hormones and all other reasons, but definitely skincare is, skincare is self-care, skincare is healthcare. So Love we definitely, that. we should be mindful as to what we are putting onto our skin. And I just, I don't know that there are many people who have thought skincare is healthcare, but it is, and it is self-care. I think the promotion of skincare is self-care is something that I hear right? It's something that I've said, it, you know, nurturing my skin, 
the natural products that I use and all those things, um, I take it as self-care. But honestly, I don't know that I've ever thought, hey, this is part of my health care. And I think it, it gives us, anyone, any human, the opportunity to be more aware and mindful of yes. the things we're putting on our skin. If we are mindful of what we're putting in our body, being mindful of what we put on our bodies, because what goes on it will ultimately become in it. It's just a whole different way of, of, of thinking about how we care for ourselves and how we nurture ourselves. Um, and so I want to go back to something you said in the beginning, which was your use of bath. So can you talk a little bit about um, the properties of a bath that you were able to return to because you recognize it was helpful to you? Well, um, when I take a bath, it's like just creating my own island. It's my own oasis of tranquility and serenity. It's quiet, a candle, some calendula flowers, rose petal flowers, lavender buds, whatever I have that's accessible, it's, um, it's all in for me. Um, I was watching Beverly Johnson last week. She was on TV. And she said that she paints when she takes a bath. I can only imagine <laughs> taking a bath. You have your nice table and then you have a canva just going across your bath, the width of the bath, the length of the bath. And you can just relax. It's a chance, it's a chance to reset. It's a chance to de-stress. It's an opportunity to just realign and um, get, get in tune with yourself. Because sometimes, well, most of the time, we're just moving. We're moving, we're moving, we're moving. We're so busy that we're not even paying attention to ourselves. We're so busy moving and then it's okay. Next thing you know, it's the end of the day. So you go to sleep and you're ready to do it all over again instead of stopping to just listen to yourself. Um, my best self-care sometimes when I don't have time or even when I do have time, sometimes I have to just, I'll just set my alarm and just sit still for five minutes, tune everything out and just be in tune with your body, be in tune with your breath, just be in tune with the feeling on the bottom of your feet and the back of your legs. And just the times when you're still you'll find the answers to some of the questions that have been nagging you. That sense of clearness, I think that's like the best self-care ever. Yeah, sometimes when you sit still, you find the questions. <laughs> so many that's of us think we have the answers. Sometimes we find the questions and I love that. Um, a, a few colleagues and I did an uh, in-person event yesterday actually that was called REST. And so much of it was slow down, just be still for a moment. So we did some guided meditation. We did some accessible yoga. I talked about um, trauma resilience and the need for rest in our healing process. Um, and, and it's so true. I, and, and this is a statement saying I haven't, I know that I'm not even probably scratched the surface of this thing that I'm about to say. This is more intuitive not researched. 
But I am so curious to learn more about the role of water in ancient practices and indigenous practices, because water is so powerful. And when we think about its capacity to drown yet give life, to cleanse and to, it, it is so powerful. And when you said, you know, for you, what your bath is like your own personal island. I was like, oh yeah. One thing that I do is I go floating and I've talked about this often, you know, they have float tanks, which, you know, pods full of water and about 11,000 pounds of salt. Um, and so the buoyancy is there and you just float. And it is one of the most effective forms of self-care when I need to unburden and release. And when I can't get to floating, because now I, I will jokingly take credit for it, because now that I started talking about it, I know that's not why y'all, but since I started talking about it, I can't get a session because they are booked. Your calendar is just, they only let you book 45 days out and every single slot is booked. So people are really finding out about this. But so when I can't, I will take a bath. We have like a deep soaker tub and it is just something about being in there. And the crazy thing is um, how often we will take something for granted in our youth and then return to it. So when I grew up, I grew up in a house that did not have a shower. So showering as a method of um, daily cleansing did not start for me until I went to college. But we had a bathtub and just the annoyance, gotta run the water, gotta do this. You know, it it took too much. You gotta clean the tub. And let me tell you, (laughs) growing up, you had to season it with Ajax or Comet mm-hmm. and let it sit. And I could not stand the smell of those things. And they would make me sneeze. So it was like all this combination of just like, ah. But now like I'm returning to like, man, I really took for granted the 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 big old tub we had and, and how, you know, I could just lay there. So I am returning to water. Um, I am also convinced that I was born a mermaid Um, or at the very least some way back ancestors were definitely water people because my attraction to water goes so far beyond just oh I like it now it's like it calls me so you can call me Moana but I, I just really appreciate that and that's just water then you start adding all of these elements and like sometimes I'll watch movies um, that have take, taken place in historical time periods. And, and you called it like, like a bath tea. It's like they put all of this wonderful, beautiful stuff in this water. And you just get to lay in there and allow your body to be nourished with the same things that earth herself are yeah. creating and being nourished by. Like, I just don't know how that doesn't sound appealing. Like I said it and it makes me want to go take a bath. Um, <laughs> so there is something very powerful. I also find it interesting that for me, I think about the role of capitalism in our culture and it's about hurrying things up and rushing it and how much quicker a shower is 
um, how much more water it wastes, but that's a whole different story, but how much quicker it is, get in, get out. But there is something about a bath that encourages the slowdown, that allows yes. the body to just settle. And to think about like we were encased in, in liquid for 10 months as our, as our selves, our personhood, as our, as our bodies developed. So to be able to return to that on a regular basis to remind ourselves of our humanity just feels important to me. So I appreciate you for sharing that. So is there anything that you want to leave with the listeners, anything we maybe didn't talk about or anything you want to reemphasize? I would say just take time to pay attention to, take time to pay attention to your body. Just always take time to be still. I don't care how busy you are, how much time you don't have in the day. You have to do it. Just as often as you go to the bathroom, take, even if it's two minutes, or even if it's just putting your cell phone down or do not disturb for five minutes or even 10 minutes. Sometimes we can't even stay away from our phones for that long, but just be still, be mindful and just tune, tune things out. Once you learn or figure out how to tune things out, um, you do, it's a lot of, that's a great healing for your body because you're not distracted with everyone else and everything else that they have going on, you can focus on yourself. Even if it's just for five minutes, it definitely goes a very long way. Um, what I wanted to share, I have a, um, if you can go to a link, it's um, the ultimate guide to self-care in 24 hours when you don't have time. So it's like a little cheat sheet that I created. And it's at um, bit.ly forward slash super superfood skin. Bit.ly forward slash superfood skin. And there you can find an awesome checklist of just things that you can do daily to make sure that your self care is on point because we need it now more than ever. Yes. <clears throat> well, we will definitely have that link in our show notes. And if someone would like to get in touch with you, they heard something you said, or they want to uh, purchase some of your products, how might they find you? Our website is cocoslove.com. That's K-O-K-O-S-L-O-U-V-E. K-O-K-O-S-L-O-U-V-E.com. Awesome. Well, Cindy, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to be with me and share with my listeners um, your journey to creating Coco's Love um, uh, and uh, just sharing the importance of skincare being healthcare, which I really yes. love. Well, thank you for having me, LaShonda. You are so dope. Thank you for your insight and those aha moments. I'm sure we appreciate it. And um, you need a t-shirt for that podcast. Yeah, we're, we're working on getting our t-shirts <laughs> back up, um, actually. So that information will be coming out soon, but we are definitely working on it. Thank you for the, the incentive to like get that done. So 
Yes, ma'am. Thank you. <laughs> I want to give a special shout out to Trey Angel, who provides all the music for the Labors of Love podcast. And of course, to my producer, Jay Suck from Instant Classic Media. To my guests, I love y'all. Thank you for tuning in and listening. I never take you for granted. If you have suggestions for content or guests, feel free to reach out to me at www.thelaborsoflove.com. Go all the way down on the welcome page and there's a form for you to fill out. Don't forget we are on all the major social media outlets. If you haven't already, head over to TikTok and give us a follow. And don't forget we have our YouTube channel that houses all of our Therapy Thursday videos. And if you haven't already, give us that five-star rating and write a review. Share the podcast with your loved ones and your friends. Until we connect again, you all be well.